The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. As you heard mentioned in the news headlines, Trinity College Dublin have denamed the Berkeley Berkeley the Berkeley Library. Why? Because of the philosopher's links with the transatlantic slave trade. Gabby Fulham is president of the Students' Union in Trinity and she's with me now. Gabby, thanks a million for speaking to us. Are you pleased this is happening? Yeah, um, I super am. Uh, Obviously, this kind of originated from a grassroots student movement. It came forward to our council. Um, I'm a philosophy student myself, so I have studied Berkeley. Uh, I think it's a really good and proactive step in reflexively looking at and engaging in the histories that build large institutions like universities, like Trinity College, and starts to engage in that in a a really meaningful way. Um, And also, it was a process that was long. It took a lot of time. It took a lot of stakeholder engagement. It took public submissions, um, as well as being kind of led by a research project that looked into the history. So every decision was made in an evidence-based and really thorough fashion. Um, so I, yeah, I think it's I think it's a really great outcome. So, so from your point of view, wh- why is George Berkeley not deserving of having his his name on a library or indeed anything else? Yeah, um, well, I think uh, firstly the kind of public perspective, then the public space that it occupies uh, makes it sort of a community asset in a way. It's a library that is obviously very prominent within Trinity. Students and staff use it, uh, and it's a very active hub within the university. Um, and then when you start to look at how we name and how we commemorate people, I think it becomes quite obvious because we know between you know 1728 and 1731, he purchased between three and five people to work on his personal residence in Rhode Island as slaves. Uh, he also developed a Bermuda scheme is what he called it, which was going to be a school for Native Americans, which he proposed to fill with kidnapped Native Americans that would basically enslaved them uh, for the purpose of conversion. And it wasn't just that he owned slaves or was passive in a world that was. He was a vocal proponent of something called the York Talbot opinion, which argues that enslavement was justified as it enables the conversion of enslaved Africans to Christianity. Um, but of course, there is no possibility of gaining freedom through religious conversion, indicating that it might be because of something else as well. Mm. Uh, so I suppose when you look at that and the honouring of how we commemorate or how we say someone is great to put their name on such a large institution. I think it's uh, quite shocking. I think it probably does moral harm to the, the many people who are affected by slavery, both in the past by its and by its modern day effects. But yeah. of course, the continuing continuation of modern slavery across the world today as we see it. Now, I, I don't think there'll be anyone or we won't find anyone to, to defend um the views George Berkeley had or expressed or the, the principles he lived by uh, when he lived in the late 1600s, early 1700s. Um, but is there an argument that removing his name from the library, well, that one, it, it misses out on a learning opportunity that instead of, you know, removing his name, you essentially qualify it. It comes with an asterisk, a plaque beside it to explain exactly the reality of his life and his beliefs. Uh, and the other argument is removing these names, it kind of allows us and allows institutions to absolve themselves a little bit of their own guilt and complicity. Yeah, that's a really good point. I would say a few things to that. Uh, Number one is that obviously you look at it on a case-by-case basis. So you'll see with the renaming of the library, we also have uh, retain and explain used for the current dedication to him of the stained glass window. So there are some instances that might be more uh, suitable for retain and explain option in which you kind of indicate towards the injustices. But what I would say is that 
Firstly, it goes through a process of denaming. So it doesn't just immediately get painted over tomorrow. It, it, it is specifically removed. And I also think that you serve to, to draw a huge amount of attention to the issue at the point where you notice that um, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation right now on the radio had we not taken such a large step in removing the name mm. in the first instance. Uh, and then, so if your argument is that we need to draw more attention in terms of accountability, obviously one of the greatest ways you can do that is by denaming, by talking about why you're demanding, by soliciting information and suggestions from the broader community. But I also don't think the things are, these things are mutually exclusive. So if we want to talk about the responsibility institutions can take uh, for their complicity in slavery across time, um, there's a multiple Multiple, multiple, very, very many ways. Uh, and I think that those things tend not to be mutually exclusive. So we can obviously say there could be things like reparations, institutions, alternative schemes, informational campaigns, whatever you, form you might think might be positive. Uh, but that wouldn't be mutually exclusive with no longer honoring a library. Um, uh, especially when it's such a large space. So even the the reason I think it might not even be suitable for a retain and explain is that if you're talking about the name of a building, it can be a little bit unclear even where that signpost would go because it's not like, say, a painting or a stained glass window mm. or something like that. Um, so obviously kind of there's a, loads of different principles you could look at it as to deciding a specific strategy. But I think in this instance, it is the right one to go with a denaming process where it's, where it's um, kind of reconsidered uh, and then uh, to select a new name. Uh, but of course, the information and the importance of the issue, I think, will stay alive and should be kept alive within Trinity as a whole and the broader academic community. Gabby Fulham, president of the Students' Union in Trinity College at Dublin. Gabby, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much. Ian O'Darty is with me now, columnist uh, with The uh, Independent. Ian, are you pleased that Berkeley Library is losing its name? I am delighted, Karen. This has made my life so much better. I'm happy to hear that. And it has made, like, honestly, where does it end? And also where to begin? Um, look, students have always thrown temper tantrums. And that's what students do. And that's fair enough. But this is just a classic example. I, I, I'm not annoyed by it. I mean, some people seem to be very annoyed and cheesed off about the whole thing. I just, I just find it it's laughable because we seem to be living in a culture now where there's an air of madness in the air where we're just obsessed with interrogating the past and judging the past by modern values. And it's ridiculous. And like, let's put it this way. I mean, if the students were really that concerned about slavery, I mean, they should go onto the Global Slavery Index website, which says that there's currently nine and a half million slaves in Africa and the Middle East alone. And I think, I mean, I was on your show, I think, uh, talking about the reason why I wouldn't... Uh, watch the World Cup in Qatar, because as far as I'm concerned, Qatar is a slave state. Um, so slavery is a very, very current mm. issue. Um, the idea of a guy who lived 400 years ago having four slaves, that he should be erased from history. I mean, and this is the thing is, I know it sounds a cliche, and you always hear from conservative commentators and stuff like that, and I'm wary of doing it, but my favorite line from my favorite book, which is 1984, is the destruction of words is a beautiful thing. Now, 1984 was meant to be a warning. It wasn't meant to be an instruction manual. And we have this, we've gone into this really weird cultural flux mm. where we now want to just rename and dename 
everything that doesn't suit us. What I would say as a suggestion, though, for the new name for the library, I'd call it the George Floyd Library. Let's let's go the whole hog. And if the students' union don't vote to call it the George Floyd Library, I'll write pieces saying that they're racist because George Floyd was a martyr. Now, you when you say like we're we're expunging um, these people from our history, in fairness to Gabby, she did acknowledge there's a stained glass window dedicated to George Berkeley, and they're not going to get rid of that. That's going to be left in situ. So he's cancelled, not cancelled. Yeah, he's kind of mildly cancelled. He's 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 been reprimanded. He's been he has had a, a warning from HR, but he hasn't been fired. Yeah, it's the it's the first letter before you get your final warning. Like, but it's just look, I. I just find the whole, if, if I was to roll my eyes any further, they'd be in the back of my head. Mm. Um, and again, as I said, I mean, students like having tantrums, but this is oppression envy. Because, I mean, it all goes back to the roads must fall campaign in Oxford a few years ago and stuff like that. And now we seem to have um, universities and academia in general. And, and broader society as well, actually, um, seems to be engaged in this exercise of really weird self-flagellation over things that happened in the past. Yeah, and is there an argument not helpful. that, you know, with um, George Berkeley, I mean, when he lived, I, 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 I can't, I'd struggle to understand the rationale for renaming, you know, a, a street named after some Roman emperor because he had slaves. Um, but with George Berkeley, I mean, there was an abolitionist movement. So, you know, the idea that we're kind of judging people in the past by the Moors of today. I mean, even if we judge them by some of the Moors and morals of their own time, they were immoral. Absolutely. But, you know, such as his, history is a bit like nature. It's red and tooth and claw. And that's just the way it is. So to try and deny it or ignore it or erase it. I think it's a real Philistine um, philosophy, to be perfectly honest with you, Kieran. Um, these are the people who lived and existed. I mean, I think a lot of your listeners probably wouldn't even know that Berkeley College in America is named after this guy. Um, so they're going through a particularly fascinating uh, bout of soul-searching at the moment. But these things happened. My point is that they're still happening. And people are more interested in something that happened 400 years ago mm. than is what is happening today. If you want to expend your energy on a noble and righteous and virtuous cause, expend your energy on modern slavery rather than taking the really easy option of just going back and saying, we're going to change the name of a library from some dude that most people would have had no idea that he had any involvement in slavery whatsoever. Is, is it any um, different, though, than renaming Sackville Street O'Connell Street? Well, I would have kept it as Sackville Street, to be perfectly honest with you. And Kings um, County and Queens County? Yeah, Queenstown. You know, um, I wouldn't have a problem with that. But the thing is, I don't get to force my opinion on anybody else. And this is something I've said repeatedly on this show. I have my own opinion and I'm not trying to force anybody else to do it. And I just get a bit grumpy and resentful when people try to force their opinion on me. Um, if the students voted or put pressure on the provost or whoever it was um, to change the name of the Berkeley Library because it makes them feel better when they're in the buttery bar and they get more social media likes or whatever, 
Let them do it. Let them have it. But there's a huge degree of hypocrisy and virtue signaling in this that they should also be aware of. Ian O'Darty, columnist with The Independent. Ian, thanks a million for joining us uh, here on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.